Weekday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View. It is Tuesday, therefore it is just me, Clarissa Montero, with just JP Ong sitting across from me. Hello. Both of us, of course, from Money FM 89.3 and looking at the markets. The SDI has been up since the morning. Hmm. That's pretty good. I think so. And maybe it was just we just had to turn the page on September. Wake me up when September ends. That's the mm-hmm, Green Day song. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it goes. But and it seems that we've turned a new page and we have a new leaf. 3,150 is where we're at. That's a 30 point gain for the local benchmark. It's been a good day. Um, a value turnover here. You're going to ask me where we are in terms of trading appetite so far. Looking relatively thin. I might even say this might be the new normal moving forward because we've seen about two and a half weeks, three mm-hmm. weeks of morning value turnover, average around 300, 350 million Singapore right. dollars. Right now it's at 323. So it doesn't seem that uh, we're still seeing a bit of a risk-off sentiment, just thin trading uh, activity on the local boards. Nevertheless, the STI is up. Most second and third liners also trading in the green. About 180 stocks gained ground today, 92 stocks to, um, uh, just taking a step back or a half step back today. So overall, it's been a good day for markets here and also markets that are open across the region. Um, keep in mind that Shanghai, Shenzhen and Hong Kong, they're all closed today in observance of this five-day national holiday. Well, at least Shanghai and Shenzhen are. Hong Kong markets are expected to come back online tomorrow. But nevertheless, all three of them are closed today in observance of China's national holiday. But when you look across the rest of the region, most other markets, at least the major markets, are in the green. Take a look at the Nikkei 225, up by about 0.6%. So this is a good Tuesday for Japanese stocks. The Korean Kospi up by about 0.4%. The ASX 200 in Australia also trading higher. What's kept markets on the back foot, really, was this news that the Trump administration was was planning to try and crack down on, on Chinese companies that are listed on U.S. exchanges and also try to curtail the flow of uh, U.S. investments into China. So when you have someone like Peter Navarro, who is one of their top trade advisors and also viewed by Beijing as an ultra hawk or as, a, as Mr. Anti-China, um, when he comes out on CNBC and says that, you know, any news of us moving against China in that in that direction or trying to delist Chinese companies is, quote unquote, fake news. Well, if anybody in the administration has the least incentive to do that, it's Peter Navarro. But the fact that he's saying this mm-hmm. um, perhaps is something that the markets are saying, well, yeah, maybe we did overreact a bit to this. Maybe the administration really isn't going to be going to uh, do these delistings. And even then, I mean, uh, as Van asked the other day, does the uh, Trump administration have the power right. Right. to unilaterally or just by itself uh, push for a delisting of these companies. So I think that's calmed down a bit. I think markets are coming back based on these proclamations. And uh, perhaps this will make for calmer waters when U.S.-China trade talks restart on October 10. So a lot of these factors at least playing in favor of positive market sentiment so far. And it's benefiting the SGX. Now up by about a cool 1%. How about that? That is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Now, yesterday you brought up a high flux. Mm-hmm. Now they got another two months. Yes, they did. And uh, the argument there was that they are close to securing a deal. Now, they did say that we haven't secured, finalized a deal with Middle, with the Middle Eastern Utilities Company and potential White Knight Utico. Uh, moving forward. Uh, They haven't secured it yet because of some small details, but they said that they are on the brink of doing so. They just need a little bit more time to lock these in. In fact, the lawyers of the High Flux have said that if they're able to agree on some of these small matters, expect a deal to be finalized in the next two to three weeks. If it isn't, they do have a number of other players in the background that could actually provide financing Mm -hmm. or be rescued for High Flux. So they're at least trying to say, look, we're cognizant of the fact that we've asked for another moratorium. It's not that we're not getting anywhere. We are. We just need that a little bit more time to get to that push. 
it seems that the courts have granted them at least until December to um, the security. The SIAS has said also recently that this might be a good move, but they're not entirely in favor of the de- of the debt capital restructuring efforts that uh, that Highflux has put forward. But I think. Uh, uh, this moratorium will actually grant Highflux a little bit more time to also properly communicate to uh, some other investors and some of the concerned investing public also what their plans really are moving forward and whether or not the plan to uh, offer for some of these perpetual and uh, preferred security shareholders of Highflux and their perpetual bonds if they can at least uh, communicate more effectively to some other shareholders moving forward. So this uh, this will give them some necessary breathing room at least. And, uh, but is it enough breathing room? This is a question we should revisit probably in the next two to three weeks because in some ways there's a, there's a, a loose timeline now mm-hmm. that we have. Their lawyer has said that, we, that there's a chance we'll close on a deal with Utico in the next two to three weeks if we're able to agree on some of these small niggling details. Perhaps it's just timing of the, of the infusions. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it's down to um, maybe, hey, can you make it what, two, a, full, a cool 2% instead of 1.5%? Who knows what some of these small details are? But if they're able to do that in the next two to three weeks, this is something we're going to have to revisit. Closer to Halloween, that is. You know, 0.5% uh, JP is not a small amount when you're thinking about I, I know, but, but we give, <laughs> how but, but, much money we I know, and I'd have to take about. a look at what some of these deals, <laughs> what some of these small details are and what they qualifies as a small uh, as a small Indeed, detail, but could absolutely. be just like, like small formalities for them, right? Uh, my signature goes before your signature. Uh, that, that's possible, <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, that's very possible also. And uh, and uh, whose name goes first in the nameplate when we when the new office is up? So those small things. Hopefully, those are the only things that are holding up the finalization of this deal. And yeah. I think well, it's hopefully uh, that it goes through. And yeah, not just for uh, not just for the sake of Highflux, but also for some of these investors that have been left uh, in limbo about where the company is headed and whether or not they can salvage their long term future also and stay a going concern. You know, I didn't even know that Comfort Delgro had a bus garage in London? No, neither did I, actually. <laughs> neither did what I. What are we doing owning bus garages in Well, London? I think that's what Comfort Delgro is asking themselves and also asking themselves before the Brexit, before the hard Brexit deadline. It seems that they've made a Brexit of their own before. This Comfort Delgro has decided to sell their UK subsidiary um, Metro Line West Limited, and they've sold it for a cool 25 million pounds. That's about 42 and a half million Singapore dollars. That is, it's a bus garage, and uh, the and the proposed seven million dollar purchase of an industrial property at the same time. Also, um, Metro Line happens to be one of the largest bus operators apparently in London, mm-hmm. and runs a fleet of about 1,700 buses plying the British capital. Also. And, met, and it seems that uh, that the uh, Metroline, which is one of uh, Comfort Delgro's wholly owned subsidiaries in the UK, has entered an agreement to dispose of this property of the Alperton Bus Garage to Reddington Developments. Um, it was interesting to see that despite the fact that many stocks were pulling back the other day, Comfort Delgro is one of the few stocks that was actually doing quite well. In fact, when you look at it year to date, I believe Comfort Delgro is one of the five best performing stocks on the SDI. We've we've spoken about Comfort Delgro sure. before in detail with uh, Jeff. Howie about how strong the outlook for mm-hmm. the company is. Also, the the measured expansion plans they've had also in terms of increasing their international presence. But that also means rationalizing some of their other exposure to other markets such as the UK. This gives them a cool of 42.5 million Singapore dollars into their coffers, which they can redirect to other purposes also. Just checking in on how Comfort Delgro is trading I was going to ask you on the back of this sale, how are they doing today? Well, extending gains today. They're not the best performing stock on the STI. 
AI today. Um, I, I'll get into those in just in just a bit. But ComfortDelgro, no slouch at all. Their stock is up by about one point twenty five percent. That's one and a quarter percent up, mm-hmm. adding three cents. But more importantly, they've sustained the pickup that they saw the other day. So Monday saw them as one of the handful right. of STI members that closed in the green, and actually one of the more impressive performers over that session. Today they've continued to go from strength to strength. Everybody's excited to join the party, and ComfortDelgro has been sitting there going, "Hey guys, what took what took you guys so long?" <laughs> We're there. They, they're already uh, on the green team. We've always made good decisions. We've always made decent <laughs> decisions. But, but it does show that Comfort Delgro has been winning a lot of... Uh, in, in, in Amidst when you're looking or trying to at least uh, stock pick at the moment, it seems that Comfort Delgro has been one of those stocks where people were, where the bouncers of, of all these uh, mutual funds are going, yeah, you're getting into the club. Don't worry about it. So Comfort Delgro up to date at about two Singapore dollars and 43 cents. That's good for them. Uh-huh. Who else is joining this party? Well, so look, because the driver right now is this easing of trade tensions again, and the fact that uh, Peter Navarro has said... He said a lot lately. He said a lot, but the fact that he said that, you know, this is fake news, we're not going to be delisting these Chinese companies, this calms the waters quite significantly, actually, ahead of these U.S.-China trade talks. Now, you have to look at some of these stocks that are heavily exposed to uh, China. So, or, or or the U.S.-China trade war. So, first up, uh, Yang Zichang Shipbuilding is surging today. They're up by 5.2%, one of the five most heavily traded stocks in today's session. Yang Zichang Shipbuilding now trading at $1.01 a share. You want to look also at the uh, manufacturers or tech manufacturers because their value chains or their supply chains run through through. China in significant fashion. You've got the likes of Venture Corp up by 3.9%. How about mm-hmm. that? Venture Corp uh, trading at $15.91 a share today. AEM, once again, among the top 15 most heavily traded stocks today, they're up by about 2.7% at $1.16 a share. You might also argue that, uh, that calmer U.S.-China trade tensions are good for casinos and gaming operators because it also means that uh, that this could go uh, if a trade deal is achieved in the next uh, year or two this could go quite a ways to calming down any fears of a Chinese economic slowdown and China being one of the biggest uh, sources for gaming tourists benefits the likes of casinos based in Macau and also casinos based here in Singapore. So mm-hmm. Genting Singapore today up by about 1.1%. Um, these are some of the stocks that are standing out at least in this session. Don't worry about the banks. They're all trading in the green, all locking in 1% gains as we head into the afternoon session. So it's looking re- very rosy. In fact, let me just uh, let me just scroll down a, a bit here to see if there's anybody losing ground. UOL down by about 0.3%. They're one of the few losers on the SDI. But even then, not by much really for UOL. They're not pulling back by that much at the moment. Maybe just a little bit of profit-taking? It's possible that there's just a little bit of profit-taking, but even then, it's very minimal. I believe UOL is just... uh let me just pull up the ticker for us again. UOL is just down by about two cents. So it's not by much, really, mm-hmm. that they're, they're pulling back. They're just, uh, um, how would I say this? They're in for a shave at the moment. Right. <laughs> yes. And not a close one. And not a close one, at least. Yeah. All right. So that bus depot wasn't the only thing that got sold. Keppel Reed sell it, sell, has sold. Has sold Bugis Junction Towers. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, that's quite a bit more money, though. Yes, they are. And again, they have apparently sold the Bugis Junction Tower. Uh, the question is, well, how much did you sell it? Did you make money on it? And boy, did they make some money off of this. Oh, they, I, I'd they, say they, that's a, a healthy profit. That's a healthy profit. That's also an understatement for me to say that. $388 million above the purchase price. So they sold it for a cool $547.5 million um, Singapore dollars. They've made $388 million um, Singapore dollars 
in terms of profit for Keppel Reed, this is the Bugis Junction Towers, of course, uh, which they acquired uh, in 2006. So it's been in their portfolio for about 13 years. They've decided this is the time to let go of this particular uh, profit. And they sold it to a fund managed by a Mr. Angelo Gordon, who is a U.S.-based global alternative investment manager. The other day, we had um, M- um, Jay McNamara, who's the head for real estate of MSCI. And he's actually mentioned that there's a lot of institutional funds, both in Singapore and around the world, that have been becoming even more and more active in, sor- in sourcing property deals in, the, in a quest for yield, in a quest for better returns. Um, this is just another example or, or more evidence that we're seeing more of these funds around the world taking interest in property in Asia, including here in Singapore. This, uh, um, uh, the, this investment manager taking the Bugis Junction Towers off of Keppel Reed's uh, hands. And again, also provides Keppel Reed with some ammo should they decide to also go into this acquisition binge that's really been coloring the mood among REITs. With interest rates starting to come down, it's made some of these REITs a little bit more uh, courageous. Mm-hmm. Not brazen. There's definitely a lot more sensibility in how they're moving, but they're definitely a lot more courageous in terms of pursuing some of these property deals, acquiring more assets, trying to broaden the rental income base also. And uh, if you have an extra $388 million Singapore dollars under your belt, this gives Capital quite a bit of ammo to pursue maybe one or two more deals down the road should they decide to do that. Of course, we'll have to hear from them. We'll have to hear from them uh, if they have any plans in the future, but it does, uh, it does beef up their war chest significantly. Or it could just be them stuffing their mattress. Ah, uh, that's, uh, that, that's something that. I, that's, there's, that's back to that as well. This could be them actually just preparing for, uh, for, for potential worse and the uncertainty. Yeah. And uh, if things do come down after that, then that war chest becomes even more and more lucrative. Absolutely. Right? So it's a question now of when they, when they plan to deploy some of this capital also. Yeah, right? absolutely. Okay, rest of the day. It, it seems like a good day, although value turnover was thin. Is this the day that we see a billion dollars by close? Uh, this is not going to be the day, <laughs> I think. Um, again, there's also a, quite a bit of, uh, in terms of uh, regional investment, it's going to be a thin trading day just because mainland Chinese markets and Hong Kong are both going to be offline. So you're not going to see a lot of institutional investors or regional investors at least um, really, really coming into Singapore today also. And it might affect trading, at least um, um, among some of these other regional markets today. Singapore, uh, we might see your value turnover be a little bit thin, but um, it might be more due to the fact that uh, a number of these major markets and arguably the three large, three of the four largest markets in the region are offline today, Shanghai, Shenzhen, and Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to be uh, coming close to a billion dollars in terms of value turnover, but I will say that uh, the Straits Times Index Looks like a lock to stay at least above 3,150 at this point. Um, What it does when Chinese markets come back online tomorrow, what it does when uh, Hong Kong decides to come back online tomorrow is another question itself. But Mm -hmm. we might be able to at least bask and get get a bit of sunshine, at least, based on uh, how how these our markets are trading today. STI now trading at 3,152. And if we close above a couple of points above 3,150. 1%. That's about one percent up, and if we just if we're, if if it's if uh, the STI is able to manage a breach of thirty one fifty, I'll call this not just a good day, but a very good day actually for markets here at least. It's a green day. It'll be a green day, and All going right. back to our theme there, <laughs> September has ended, guys. <laughs> All righty. Well, you know, whatever happens, and if whether or not we do cross that billion dollar mark before the close of markets today, JP will be on it for you on prime time when he comes back at four p.m. This has been a market view with JP Young. I'm Clarissa Montero on Money FM 
89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.